0: Would you join me in your Bibles or on your electronic devices over in 1 John chapter 4? We're continuing on our journey through this book, 1 John chapter 4. And John has a lot to say about love. And that's going to be a focus this morning in talking about love. And when we talk about love, we're not talking about, you know, this surpy, sticky, sweet, emotional type things. And there's a place for all of that. Uh, those of you that are married, I hope you have a little bit of that in your marriage. It'll make your marriage last longer if you have that within your marriage. But what we're talking this morning that you better have in your marriage as well is a love of will where we are choosing to love. It's a selfless love. It's the type of love that we're going to see that God has for us. Will you follow along, either in your Bibles, your electronic devices? We've also put it on the screen this morning. First John chapter 4. I'm going to be reading verses 7 through 21. So follow along. Beloved... Let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Should be a big amen on that point, right? That we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He has loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God and God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this is the commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God Must also love his brother. The church father Jerome said that when the apostle John was at an extreme old age, he was so weak that he had to be carried into the church. And at the end of their services, they would ask the apostle to address the congregation. And he would say to them each and every week, little children, love one another. Well, some of the people in the church got tired of hearing that same statement week after week. So they approached John and they said to him, why do you say the same thing every week? And John replied, because it is the Lord's commandment. And if this only is followed, it will be enough. It's how strong this message of love is. One of the things that I have been thrilled about over the last several months is the love that I have seen come from this congregation and being shown to others within this congregation and being shown to those out in the world. And I am privy to hear all the stories of what is going on. But this morning, I want you to hear a little bit of what has been going on. And I've asked Pastor Rob Stop, who's the head of our deacons, and he's kind of the point of the spear in making sure that these needs are met. I've asked him to come and take a few minutes and just share with you how love has been demonstrated within this congregation of believers.
1: God's incredible love, I hope you've all experienced it and I hope you've all made that love compel you to help others. And it's been a real privilege, as Pastor Butch has said, to be working in the area of benevolence and with the deacons to see just in the past three months what you, the church, God's family, has done one for another through love. There were some mortgage payments that couldn't be paid, and the church showed up and made those payments for an anxious, hurting family. Currently, we have two transportation needs where people can't get to church. They're relying on others, can't get to work, and a large donation was just made by an individual. Two other people took their stimulus checks and gave it to the church that these folks might have transportation. Incredible love. There was an 80-year-old veteran uh, that lived in green when those storms came through a couple months ago. And you, the church, showed up. And you helped him with the yard cleanup and cutting up of trees. Incredible act of love. There's a family unable to meet their uh, medical bills. And once again, out of your generosity and out of your love, these bills were paid. I was amazed that people who lost their jobs were calling the office and asking, how can I help? I don't have a job, but who is in need? Where can I go? Who can I serve? Incredible love. Well, there are a number of people, as you know, uh, in the past few months that were uh, very anxious, very lonely going through this strange time that we live in. And we've had hundreds of Of phone calls being made by you, the church, to these folks that needed encouragement, that needed to hear from somebody else. And you showed up and you made those calls because you love your brother and sister. A story of God's perfect timing. There was a staff member who went out on a walk one night and he ran into a a gentleman who he didn't see in months Well, this gentleman was the owner of a heating and air conditioning uh, place. And in that conversation, the owner said, I want to help out your church. If there is anyone in need, I want to help. The very next day, through a phone call, a family who was distraught, a family who was in need, whose air was not working at all, was uh, contacted And they were in tears to know the story of God's perfect timing. And this owner came to their home. And these folks who were so precious uh, that belonged to God made such an impression that this owner did the repairs for free. And another lady was taken care of. There's another story. When those storms went through a couple months ago, there were two pine trees that fell on the home of one of our uh, precious ladies here at the church. And her life was already very burdensome. Uh, She was very anxious. She was wanting to get out of her house for years and just couldn't do it. And the burden was heavy on her. And you, the church, showed up. And you took care of the trees. And actually, through conversations, you were able to help her get out of her house And into an apartment, the burden has been lifted. There's joy that has been restored because of your love for her. The community was hungry. And the church showed up and you fed them. 732 bags of groceries were delivered uh, to people who were in need. And there was even some who had very little that we saw showing up dropping off food. Only love does that. That's an incredible love. So folks, I, uh, on my devotion weeks ago, accused you of a couple of things, of being a loving church and a generous church. And it's so good that you have a little glimpse into what, uh, you're, being able to, what you're being able to do Uh, by the love of God in you. The way that you have helped has been absolutely incredible, and I would encourage you just to continue to walk in God's love.
0: You know, all of these things do not happen either without organization and coordination, and uh, Rob has done a tremendous job in staying on top of the needs within this body. And let's just thank him for the, for the great job that he has been doing for us. Love. It's what John is writing to us about. It's important for us to, to note as we look at this love that this love is not opposed to truth. See, we have some in our world that would tell us that in order to love one another, we all need to set aside that which we believe and that which we hold to. Well, we cannot set aside the cardinal truths of the Word of God. Remember, last week we were looking at the fact that we're not to believe every spirit, that there are false teachers in our world, and that the spirit of Antichrist is working within our world. So this love and truth go hand in hand with one another. They're not separate from one another. Uh, We will hear sometimes the cry that uh, love unites but doctrine divides, And they create this false dichotomy that wants to tell us we cannot hold to the truth and still love. Well, friends, there are some doctrines, and I'm not talking about differences among true Christians, about interpretations of passages. We're talking about the central truths of the Word of God that revolve around our Savior. We cannot compromise on those things. But we are still to show love, and we can hold to the, to the truth, and we can also love one another. We shouldn't get caught up in becoming fighters with other believers just so we can uh, have our way on every little thing. We need to love one another, and love covers a multitude of sins, and we need to keep that in mind as we look at this passage. So, as we look at the passage this morning, the first thing I want us to note is the command to love, the command to love. We see that, first of all, in verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. Jump down to verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The word ought is a word that means you have a moral obligation. You are bound to love them. And then it's repeated a third time in this passage in verse 21. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. So there should be no question about it. This is a command. We are commanded to love. Secondly, John gives us the reason to love. Look at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Where does love originate? With God. Love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So if we've been born of God, if we have been born again, if we love God, we need to love others. Verse 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God is summed up in this statement that He is love. So you see how it is impossible for someone who loves, who says he loves God and is following God, not to demonstrate this love. Look down in verse uh, 11 again. In verse 11, we are told this. Beloved, if God so loved us, why do we love? Because God has loved us. John says that's why we ought to love one another, is because God has demonstrated this love to us. And then in verse 19, notice, we love because he first loved us. So the reason to love is because God is love and love originates with God. Now let's talk about that for just a moment. Uh, One of the most familiar verses in all the Bible is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave let that sink in for just a moment see we're just not talking about words here we're talking about actions true love is always demonstrated by the steps that we take by the things that we do so when we say well we love our brother the question should be how are we showing that we love our brother you know Often, when I'm in a counseling appointment, and I'm dealing with a husband and and wife, I will ask them the question, do you love your husband? Do you love your wife? And most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, I get the answer, yes, I do. Well, when I get that positive answer, my next question will be, well, how are you showing that love? Because most of the time they are so caught up in their differences with one another that love has gone out the door. They're saying the words, but they're not showing it in their actions. I am so thankful that God not only says that he loves us, but he shows us he loves us by sending his son. We see next the illustration of love in verses 9 and 10. In this, the love of God was made manifest, right? This is how God makes his love known. Among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Do you recognize that apart from Christ, it would be impossible for us to be saved? Do you realize there's no other way for us to be saved but through Jesus In verse 10, he says, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, we've talked about this word propitiation earlier in this series. It means to satisfy God's justice and wrath toward our sins. Now, see, God just doesn't overlook our sin. Our sin has to be paid for. And that's how God, by sending his son into the world, Jesus going to the cross, which we were singing about here this morning, he went to the cross and he died so that we could be saved. And God shows us, he makes it manifest that this is his love. The next thing I want us to see is the perfection of love. The perfection of love. Look in verse 12. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. It's repeated again in verse 17. By this is love, Perfected. And then again in verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Well, what does this mean for love to be perfected? Uh, The word that is used here is a form of the same word that Jesus used when he was dying on the cross. When he was dying on the cross, he cries out, it is finished. It's complete. It's done. So it's a form of that same word here. And what it means is there's nothing to be added to it. It is complete. It is done. That is how love is perfected in us. We have it completed in our lives by the Spirit of God who abides in us. At the moment of salvation, the Spirit of God comes to live and dwell inside of you. And I mentioned last week, and I'm going to mention again this week, just think about that. You know, meditate that on that a little bit. Thinking about the fact that Almighty God, because the Holy Spirit is God, and he lives inside of us. And he directs us. And he guides us. And what is he going to guide us to do with our brothers? To love them. Because God is love. And so this love is perfected within us. Now, John is also here going to talk about them. The evidence of love in verses 13 to 16. He's going to say this. By this we know that we abide in him. See, part of the purpose of John writing this book is so that we can know that we are a part of God's family. We can know that we are saved. So this morning, I would like to ask you this question. Do you know that you're a part of God's family? Do you know that you are saved? You know, often when I ask people this question, I'll get, well, I think so. I hope so. But that's not what John says here. What's he say? So that you can know. This book is written. This is why often when I'm talking to to someone that wants to know where they should begin reading the Bible. I always tell them to go to the Gospel of John. and to start there. uh, Unless it's a a person who is of a Jewish background, with someone of a Jewish background, I would tell them to start with Matthew, because Matthew shows that Jesus is the Messiah. But John's purpose in writing was, and we spent a whole uh, long series talking about, these things have I written that you might what? That you might believe that you might believe. So you start with John, and then I say, after that, read first John. Because it is written so that we can know that we are saved. And this morning, I think it is important as we consider our identity in Christ, that each and every one of us know, not think, not hope, but know that we are a part of the family of God. And I want to say to you this morning, if you do not know that, you can know that. You can. You don't have to just hope. You can know that you are a part of God's family. This is the evidence of love. Verse 13 again, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Because he's given us his spirit. See, when you're saved, and we've talked about the Holy Spirit coming and living inside of you, the spirit of God bears witness with your spirit to tell you that you are a child of God. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Aren't you glad about that? That the Father took the action. It initiated with the Father. And he sent his Son to be a Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Remember, we talked about the meaning of that word confess, to see or to believe as someone else sees or believes. So it's a recognition that Jesus is the Son of God who he is, and what he has done. God abides in him and he in God so that we come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in God and God abides in him. So if you abide in love and you're abiding in God, God abides in you. That's the evidence of love. Next, we see the application of love. The application of love. In verse 20. If anyone says, now notice, John's creating this contrast as he has throughout the book. If anyone says, this is their profession, this is what they're saying. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother... What does John say about him? He's a liar. If you say that you love God and hate your brother, now I'm not saying this. What does God say about you? You're a liar. You're a liar. If you see people and you just hate then you're not following after God. Now, for whatever reason you choose to hate them, if you hate them because of the color of their skin, you're a liar if you say that you love God and yet hate them. If you hate them because they're different from you, the way they talk, their background, If you say that you love God and yet hate your brother, you're what? You're a liar. Because if the love of God abides in you, it will make you love your brother. There was a song... uh, we saying, this just came to me. Now, I didn't plan on this, but there was a song that we would sing, uh, Give Me That Old Time Religion. Any of you remember that song from years ago? One of the verses says, makes me love everybody. Makes me love everybody. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. When God invades your life and the Spirit of God comes to live and dwell inside you, it will make you love everybody. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he's not seen. No one has seen God in his fullness. No one has seen God in all of his glory. So if we see those that God created because all mankind is created in the image of God. We all bear that image of God. When we are lost, that image is marred. But when we're saved, the Spirit of God comes and heals and changes. And the result of that is, one of the results, is it causes us to love everybody. You know, as as we gather as believers, we need to love everybody that comes here. You know, and it's inconsistent. Now, it doesn't mean that you're always going to be everyone's best friend, but there needs to be a love that we have for one another. And one of the things that we want this church to be known for is the fact that you can come here and be loved. And be accepted and be welcomed with open arms. The application of love is that we love those that we see because the Spirit of God is within us. See, Donald David L. Allen wrote the following. Love is the circulatory system of the church. If the arteries of love get clogged, the church is in danger of spiritual cardiac arrest. One key evidence of spiritual maturity in our lives is the depth of our love for one another. So, how mature are you? What's the depth? of our love toward our God. There's an Irish rhyme, and you've probably heard this before, but it's very applicable about what we're talking about this morning. It goes like this. To live above with the saints I love, oh, wouldn't that be glory? But to live below with the saints I know, It's another story. It's true, isn't it? It is very true. But this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where the reality is. Yeah, it's going to be fine to love everybody up in heaven when we're all perfected in Christ, right? And sin is gone. And all those people who irritate you and get under your skin, and that, God is going to perfect them and deal with it. And those things in our own lives that we don't happen to notice, he's going to deal with them as well. So together in glory, it's going to be easy for us to love one another. But the challenge is right now. You know, part of the Lord's prayer is, may it be on earth as it is in heaven. And the church is the bride of Christ. And we are to be a picture of the love that God has. And as we do that, we will be fulfilling the command. That God has given to us to love one another let's pray father we thank you for your word and this challenge this morning help us that we might be obedient to you Lord we love you now may we demonstrate that by showing love to one another May Christ be perfected in us. Father, we pray that you would help us to be mindful to do good to all men and especially to those who are of the household of faith. May the love that you have for us that has invaded our lives be reproduced in us and shown to others. Forgive us for how we've failed you. Forgive us, Lord, when we haven't been loving. But help us to obey this command moving forward to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It has been great worshiping with you. I love each and every one of you. Good morning and Marinette.